When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Forever Dog Rose and Jamie are two best friends And they love sex and the city And they couldn't help but wonder Do you love it too? Carrie, Miranda, Samantha, Charlotte, Cosmos, Scrunchies So many dudes. Every single dude All the dudes And we couldn't help but wonder With Jamie Lee and Rose Cerno. I'm Jamie Lee. And I'm Rose Cerno. And this is Couldn't, Couldn't Help, Help But, but Wonder. Wonder. A podcast where we talk about sex and the city and how it relates to, to us. Ooh, God, we're Ooh, how it the relates talent. to us. The talent is wild. I mean, it is booming and zooming. How are you, Rosalita? Um, I'm good. Thank you for asking. Um, yeah. Who were you this week? I would say, uh, I would say I'm a carry because I'm PMSing and <laughs> go on. I cry so hard every day. Oh like, no. Like oh, I have no. like blubbered. Like I've been on the phone oh. with people and been like, uh, uh, like, like blubber level. And like, of course I'm, um, dealing with uh, back pain, but I don't think it's just that. I think I'm also PMSing. And I say I'm a Carrie because Carrie on this show, God lover gets hysterical sometimes. Like Carrie gets out of body hysterical sometimes. Like mm. she says things that are out of control. She'll fight. She'll, you know, she's lost it before. Mm-hmm. So, I think when I'm PMSing, I'm like a hysterical carry. Yeah. Isn't it so weird how like we know why we're feeling this way, but we still it's just so it doesn't change palpable. It It doesn't change it. Yeah. It's just like you are just in your body, in your feelings. It doesn't matter. Isn't it crazy that we have a period every single month? Well, you know, unless other yeah, things are totally. happening, unless you're a gymnast. Um, <laughs> I don't know why I said that. Yeah, or unless you stop eating. <laughs> it's just it's true. I don't know why I had to take but down they the gymnastics do. community. But they do. They do. But if you don't eat and you exercise, no, not that they it's don't true. Eat, but. Yeah, no, but I mean, it it is crazy that it happens every month and every single month. I'm always kind of like, huh, what is this? Why does my stomach hurt? Like every single time, I'm like, or like, why do I feel sad today? Like, why did that? car commercial make me want to weep like there's always it's always an element of surprise even though I've been experiencing it since I was a preteen yeah it is really crazy I mean for me I think the key for me because I was on birth control for ages and ages and I've been off of it for a few years I have no pain during my period I just feel like that commercial from SNL when they introduce the new period thing where it's like, you only get your period once a year, but when you get it, hold on to your fucking. Yeah. Yeah. So for me, the way to survive it is I have to say, Rose, for the next four days, (laughs) nothing is real. 
you're I living, say to myself, Rose. <laughs> yeah, you're living in a psycho, psycho nightmare. Don't yeah. take any, your feelings aren't true. Nothing is true. Make right. no decisions. Don't talk right. to anybody new. Only people that already love you. Don't get in any fights. Just get through these days. That's how yeah. it is. How, what, like for you, what you, so you don't have any cramping leading up to it? No, I have a little bit of lower back pain, which is obviously like fabulous on top of all this. Oh, but, God. but no, not really. I just get, I get really out of body crazy. Like just mm-hmm. things feel unmanageable. My, my, like, have you ever gotten in a fight with someone where you're like, I'm out of body right now. It's like mm. such a bad fight or you're saying such mean things where you just are like, it's like something has taken over. Have you ever had that? Mm. Maybe not. I don't know. Maybe. I, I feel talking. like, I just feel like there are moments where I don't feel fully in control. Oh yes, definitely. Yeah. Yes, and that's 100%. how I feel when I'm PMSing where it's just like, and it's, yeah, not it's, even, it's almost not you. Yeah. It's like, I'll just be in my room and I'll just like feel crazy for a few days, but it's the same every time. It's never different. It's just, I think the way for me to get through it is just like, don't make any business deals. Don't try and be like productive. Don't try and. No, we should get, we should just get like three days off every month at least. Um, I have to. It's just like, we should. I mean, like, you know, obviously we're not like in the corporate world in the most typical way as to artists, but um, I do think it should be it should be a thing. It should just be like period leave. Like she's on PL. She's just uh, on PL. And it's so like right. not even spoken about. It's just like the most commonplace thing. Yeah. I mean, the old thing of the red tent, it was like for a few days, you just like yeah. did your thing. I just think that women have a very long, a big range of how they feel. Not everybody is emotional. Some people have cramps. Some people get depressed. It's very, very diverse. But I do think in general, women are very fragile. Everything is just it's kind of like a little mouse. It's like every noise sounds louder. Everything is just. Yeah. You're like, it's like heightened senses. Yeah. Yeah. I, for me, I feel like. Yeah. What's yours like? I, yeah. Oh, glad you asked. Um, Happy to explain. I would love to I, know. I definitely feel more sensitive. I feel more irritable. All those mm-hmm. things are true. Mm-hmm. Um, I notice craving sweets. That's a real thing. Um, oh, absolutely. I'm not even the biggest chocolate eater. Uh, it's not my like favorite. It's not my go-to dessert, I would say. I'm usually a more like inclined to taste, you know, the vanillas of the world. Um, Madagascar, French, what have you. But, <laughs> but I am like a diehard chocolate Fiend. obsessive. Yeah, around my period. And then the other part of it is just the cramps are so wow. bad the first day and the second day. But really the first day, um, I have to, if I notice it's starting... I have a very small window in which I can take a leave to stop the cramping before it even starts. But oh, that's if I amazing. have it, sometimes if I get my period in my sleep, oh, the wow. I, I won't wake up. Like I'll just kind of suffer and then I'll wake up when it's too late to do that like preventative a leave take. Mm-hmm. So then the a leave takes longer because it has to like work retroactively against the pain. And it sometimes can take up to like an hour and a half. So it's just like a fucking hour and a half of just like the worst, like just like you're getting punched in the gut oh, over God. and over again. It's terrible. So <laughs> that's me and that's oh, my pee. God. <laughs> me and my pee. Gotta go. You guys wanted to to know the the behind the scenes. This is it. 
Jame that Ola. is it. Yes. Who I'm are glad you? We had some peri- Can I just say it's been a while. We've done this podcast for a while. We have never really had just like a good old period talk. And I'm really happy we got there. <laughs> Me too. And you know what else? Yeah. It's interesting because like a lot of women are want to say like, oh, I hate my period. Guys are so lucky they don't have a period. My period sucks. And it's not that I like it, but I feel careful not <laughs> it's to- It's that s- I love it. <laughs> it's that I'm obsessed with it. But I feel bad like dissing it because even if it's really tough, it is like a part of me and it is a part of my body and a part of what it is to be a woman. So I don't necessarily want to say that I hate it, even though it's challenging. Yeah, it is kind of cool that we like transform into different people every month for a <laughs> so, few days. It's very cool that every month I become the cool wicked witch of the West. Shift. <laughs> yeah. Or who's the woman no more wire hangers? Um Who? Mommy Dearest. Oh, uh-huh. Joan. Yeah. Something. Oh, I never saw I yeah, I never actually saw. That's a movie, right? Yes, Mommy it's Dearest. like a gay yeah. camp movie about like just yes. like the worst actress who's like a horrific mother. Yes, yes, yes. It's I never like saw it, but queer yeah. cinema at its finest, basically. Oh, okay. Yeah, um, I'm not saying I like it. All I'm saying is I've like read this like pro woman period stuff, and they're like, "Love yourself," blah blah blah. Love your period. I'm not there yet, but I'm trying not to be a hater. Yeah, I would love to just like not have to pay for tampons and just like free bleed all over the place, <laughs> like leave a trail, like a little snail trail everywhere I, I, I go. Work. Just like drip, drip, drip. <laughs> Jamie, oh, Jamie was here. It looks like Jamie went to get a snack. <laughs> yeah, well, I think we would all love our periods if we could literally just be like, you know what? I'm just gonna wear like a, a gorgeous, colorful muumu, like sit on a rock, like communicate with an owl, jump into like yes. an ice cold river. If that's what I could do every month, I would love it. Exactly. Like That's eat like saying. the fruits of the nature. The, tr- the Yeah, tropical I really would love to. Yeah, just kind of like bop around, just bleeding all over the place. You know, like um, communicate with my ancestors. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Paint with all the colors of the goddamn wind. This is what I'm saying. This is what I'm saying. Yeah, if we could just like literally be on whatever the version of like a f- whatever the feminine version is of a beanbag chair, I guess. Oh, <laughs> like a like a soft like 300 thread count beanbag chair. You I don't wait, know, guys. You mean like you want to just like plant yourself there? Yeah. And then like, like have like two, like, like have army oh, hammer, uh-huh. yes, have army ar- hammer yes. and Elio, whatever, Timothy Chalamet. Uh-huh. Sure. Just going like this. And then there's like a Korean barbecue happening. Oh, wow. Yeah. But you like, know what I yeah. Mean? And I feel like we don't want the meat like cooked too much. Like Rosemary's baby. We want to eat it like super rare because we're I'm just saying. like, of the blood power. Yeah, and like fast cars playing, then I would like love my period. <laughs> fast car. <laughs> oh my God, yeah. Uh, I, I think we just create a period fantasy, Jamie. I wish there was just like period camp. Oh like, my God, yes. Just like a fun, like a fun, like a we work for people on their period. Yes, there's like a cry station. Yeah, cry station. The whaling station. Wall. Yeah. 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 The, yeah, the whaling zone. Wall. Yeah. Oh, oh my God. It's like, um, it's like a museum of ice cream. It's yes. like a pop-up experience. There's like ex-boyfriends <laughs> with axes that you get to throw. That would be so fun. I'll Wait. do it for the gram. Jamie, I honestly think we just came up with something. Not the worst idea, to be honest. I actually would go to that. Nobody copy our idea. No one out there do it. But also, if you want to invest in it, hit us up, please. Nobody respond to this idea. I love that. No, like it's almost like Willy Wonka, like a pop up Willy Wonka experience. But just if you're on your period, it's like 
It's like Jimboree. Yeah, Jimboree. (laughs) Yeah, and you just are like, yeah, the chocolate room. I mean, that fully applies. There's a color me mine section. (sighs) Okay, we have to offline about this because I think it might be too good of an idea to just loosely toss into the pod. I'm I'm really happy we came up with that. Grinning from E to E. Same. Gal, tell Um, me who you were and tell me how your week was. Okay, well, I guess I was... Let me see. Was I a Miranda or more of a Samantha? I guess I was more of a Miranda. Um, Justin, you know, like Miranda with her sort of legal brain, like she, you know, like when she was looking over Carrie's um, that like eviction agreement or whatever it was, like she was just like, well, you know, this is these are actually pretty standard points. Like, I I feel like I kind of went into um, like, I don't know, Miranda brain, lawyer brain mode a little bit. Because as you, I think, you know, I went into escrow on a house. I was going to ask about that. Yeah. Escrow. Well, glad you asked. I mean, honestly, what a shit show. Um, Really? So, yeah. So basically, I don't know. I know so little about real estate. So I apologize if I'm just like saying shit everyone knows right now. But nobody knows. Basically, in California, you know, you have you essentially have a month. Oh, wow. That's a long time to deal with like inspections. And then like, if something's wonky during the inspection, you can get another inspection. And there's like three different contingencies. And one of them is just like upon inspection. If it doesn't shake down the way you want, like if there's you can mold bail. or termites or something like this. Yeah. Or like all of the above. Oh, um, but anyway, so I went into, I went into escrow on this house and we went to our inspection on Tuesday and from the moment I walked no. in, I just had a sense. I was like, something is oh, amiss. No. It was a bummer. It didn't feel happy. The house wasn't as nice mm. as I thought it was. Um, and I think like you kind of talk about periods and like heightened senses. I think when you go to buy a house and you know that whatever whatever you're inheriting, you're inheriting all of the good and the bad of the house. So I think you're, you're very like hyper aware of like, Oh, that's weird that there's a crack there. Like stuff you would never notice upon just a first walk through of seeing a house. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's all, it's all on you to fix it. And some of it, maybe the seller will handle, but likely it's just on you. And it was just so expensive. I can't emphasize that enough because that makes it even worse. It's not like, Oh, we got it for, you know, $200,000 $200,000 and it's a fixer upper and, you no, know, I'll go all the property brothers on it and, yeah. you know, make it my own. It's like, no, it's really, really expensive. And it was kind of a shit show. Um, and Can I ask a question, Jamie? Yes, please. Oh my God. So if you're going through escrow and you're in the 30 days, say yeah. there's no termites and there's no cracks in the wall, but you're just like, I'm getting a weird vibe. Can you bail? You're, yes, absolutely. Oh, you can cool. bail. You, you can bail. It's time. Cr- the whole yeah. In it's, the 30 it's, days. That's why I went into escrow because I was like, what, so what? I'm going to like get a refund if I don't like it. Like, I'm fine. Okay, you know what I mean? Yeah, so I was protected pressure. out the yeah. wazoo. Okay, great. In in L.A., I can't say that about everywhere. I know New York is a little more strict. Um, but anyways, so there was just like a weird vibe. And so basically I'm walking around the property and I'm noticing that things are just off. Like in the garage, there was... Um, these like strange beams. It looked like somebody started some kind of project to separate, like to put a wall up in the garage to make it two different rooms. And like there was some starting of like plumbing stuff had been installed, but it wasn't completed. And I was just kind of like, huh, that's weird. And then the, the selling agent 
um, she was like, oh, well, um, the woman's husband was not a great guy. And he kind of did what? stuff around the property what? to like spite her. Oh and I was like, God. so he put, he like threatened her with beams. I don't understand what's happening. What? It was very strange. Ew. Yeah. And then, bad so vibe. one of the features, such a bad vibe. Bad and also, legacy. That type of stuff, I'm really, really sensitive to hearing. I'm not saying I'm like special here, but I am super sensitive to no, anything like abuse related. Oh, like, yucko. I really, really get upset. Even if I don't know the woman, I like, I honestly think I like take on her pain when well, I that's hear that. Well, that's empathetic, yeah. Um, and so that was already sort of planted in my brain. Then one of the cool features of the house was that um, it had a bunch of double doors from different rooms that opened on the backyard. That and the doors from the bedroom... It was really cool. There was double doors from the bedroom Beautiful. going out to the backyard, which Beautiful. I, I, yeah, I was like, oh, that's like it's something gorgeous. I really, really love. That's just a detail I've noticed that I Stunning. really love um, since looking at houses. Yeah. And yeah, so I noticed that the doors wouldn't open and that one of the locks had been solderized. Is that the word? Soldered? I have no idea. Um, soldered? Yeah. And basically like closed up. And yeah. I was like, what was that for? And then she was like, yeah, um, she oh, just God. didn't want him like getting into the house. And I was like, no. Okay, no, wait, there's even more. Okay. There's so like this a ghost planted, in this house. I just was like icked out. No. And I was like really trying to focus. And she kept like, there were just a lot of other things wrong. It wasn't all just feeling. It was this like the room where the he smashed her head into the be, mirror. Yeah, exactly. It could have honestly Ugh. that is very possible. Yucko. She's not going that deep with Yucko. it. But yeah, it's a little like if this, then what else, of Ugh. course. So then it was also tangible things like I noticed like the windows needed to be replaced and da, 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 and all this stuff. And then it turns out there was like a huge sewage leak under the house, like really, really bad. Ew. And so that alone is a deterrent. But then it was like this horrible narrative fed to me on top of it. There was domestic abuse happening in this house. Yeah. And then... And then the woman, the selling agent, when we found out the sewer thing, because that was kind of so at the end of the day, the inspectors, there's different types of types of inspectors for different things. You have your chimney person, your sewer person. Um, then you have your general inspector who just kind of looks at all of it in total. And so they all sort of present to you what is wrong or mm -hmm. what is right about the house mm -hmm. at the end of the day. And so the general inspector told us this, the sewage problem. And then the selling agent, you know, you can feel her getting nervous because she's like, oh, if he says bad news, you know, then they Maybe might want to pull, pull out of the deal. Yeah. Right. So to save it, to sit to an attempt to have leverage with me, she goes, well, you think sewage under the house is bad. She goes one time. This is like horrifying. She goes one time um, this this guy called me and he was selling his mom's house and his mom died in the house and it was so bad. She was there for three weeks and her body had rotted into the floor and her, and it was and you actually like her body. She actually said her body parts, which somehow that's even more horrifying. Cause that's like, it sounds like someone was Jamie, like chopped up and put in a fridge. Like, Get out. What is happening? It implies that they were separated. Yes. She said yeah. body parts were fused into the, so I was just like, wait, this woman, just just said that to me like that's supposed to make me feel better she's comparing sh shit like rotting under the house to at a least it, like at least it wasn't a murder or whatever <laughs> yeah. the fuck like what are you saying i was so icked out and it was hours and hours long it's like a five hour long process i missed work for it 
And afterwards, Dan and I just got in the car and we both, thank God, we were both just like, that was awful. Like that was like the worst day. And then in the morning we woke up and we were like, that was awful. Like both of us were so skeeved you out. You can't and I move in there, right? No. Oh right. my God. I pulled out immediately. I was like, no, we're done. Thank God. For I was like, girl. unless they took out, like took off so much money. Of I course. mean, it They'd would have, have to... to be hundreds of thousands of yeah, dollars. Totally. So anyways, uh, that was like a fucking shit show. I hated it so much. And that also, makes me a Miranda. Wow, Jamie, I can't believe this like goth real estate agent. Body that, parts. Wait, that's Body she's like, parts. She's like, at least it wasn't like the ghost of a ghoul. Like, what is she? Yeah. <laughs> like, she's like, such a weirdo. I, it's like I'm weird. What are we doing the shadows? I'm not in it sales. Was. Yeah. But like, I don't think like could be worse as a, as a classic Never been a good tactic. <laughs> Oh, my God. All of it. Also, like this woman, she didn't seem new to being a selling agent. I had a feeling she's done this a lot. Why would you tell me all this stuff? Like, why would no, you tell terrifying. me all the details about the abuse? Like, it's not the same thing as like I'm glad she died. told you, no, though. Honestly. I am, too. But I mean, it just was so icky. And I was like, I just got to get out of here. This house is like bad. That it's was a, a haunted house. house. Bad things happen in this house. That's yeah. I'm kind of weirdly glad she told you because oh my, same I don't want same. you to be in there no and I'm not I mean you know me I'm not, I'm like pretty practical I'm not like the spiritual realm like I'm I am not I don't <laughs> think about those things but it's hard not to when you think of like an energy that a house brings I'm like this is what this is this is what the term bad energy was made for. Like this house just has bad, bad energy. Yeah. And I would imagine that like moving into a new house, there's like huge life pillars. It's like your bat mitzvah or your sweet 16, you're getting married, moving into a house. It's like these huge things and it's starting a new chapter and it should be flooded with like light and hope and joy. Like it has to be like this really positive thing, right? Yeah, it like, was so doom and gloom. No, no, that's not right. Well, you did the right thing. I'm glad that you, there was no penalties and you just got out Me of too. it. Me too. Me too. Yeah, I mean, you still have to pay the inspector, which sucks, but it's not it's nothing compared to Well, they yeah. saved you a lot. Oh, yeah. I'm I feel I honestly I I was like happy to get back to my house. I mean, my whatever you call this, apartment duplex whatever it is. I was You're like, like at thrilled. least the door isn't like locked shut from like yeah. A murderous man or something. I know. Exactly. Well, tell like, your real estate agent here. in the future, if it's at all possible to have no history of like terror in the house, that yeah. would be like a plus. Yeah. I wonder if she was saying it to me as like, this woman really needs to sell this house. Like you're like, do her, do um, my client a favor. That's, that's that not, is what I you, thought in is, retrospect. I didn't think it husband, when I was there. Is the husband still in the picture? Well, that's the, no, he's an ex-husband, but it was just God, creepy. Men are so scary. No offense. It was just, and also, it was just so creepy. It was so scary. They yeah, they are. Well, Anyways, all right. Many without are. Further I'm ado. really, really happy to hear that that is not your house. Me too. Without further ado, we are jumping into episode one, season five, Anchors Away. Guys, season five. We made it. Guys, we had, I had, I just have to, again, thank Jamie uh, and Skylar for, but Skylar does so much, but Jamie for getting that guest for the bridge episode, because I had no part of that. Chris Jamie Collins. knew him. Jamie found him. This was great. Uh, Skylar came up with a ton of great questions and I had a blast. 
I, I also, I also love that episode. Um, thank you for the thank you. Um, mm. I was just happy yes, he was you. down to do it. I don't think he does a lot of podcasts. And so. he was riveting. He's awesome. He was great. Yeah, I love awesome. that episode. So what Me a great way. Like, I, I love production people's stories are like some of the best stories. I when, mean, they know everything. Yeah. Okay, guys, can I do something unkosher? <gasps> Before we sure. jump in, can I just ask each one of you, what was yeah. the most interesting thing you learned from Chris? And I'll go last oh. or first. I don't care. How fun. Um, yeah, you go first. Okay, I'm I'll try- go first. I have the worst memory. I have to like hear things back to okay. remember. The thing, everything Chris said was fascinating. The thing that is just philosophically mind-blowing to me was that Chris confirmed my suspicions, but not only confirmed them, surpassed them and said that before Sex in the City, Sarah Jessica Parker was considered a hot sex goddess icon. Men thought she was hot. She was considered a babe. And that after Sex in the City, because she was strong and powerful and made a lot of money and was like in the driver's seat, that he said it was black and white. Men were no longer attracted to her. That I think is yeah, like, I, I, and honestly, it's like a thesis for like a women's studies major. Like, absolutely. Oh, totally. I thought that was riveting that in real yeah. time he saw that happen. Yeah, I think that's amazing. Unreal. And I, I am glad you're um, bringing that up because I think I, not that I forgot it, but it is just a really good thing to highlight. You know those it's, instances uh, where really like, alarming. Unreal. <laughs> it's really, really alarming. Unreal. Yeah, those instances where like the culture just totally does a 180 on a person. Are yeah, I mean, if you really think about, upsetting. That's if you wild. think about her in, in, um, in First Wives Club, she literally is You're the right. trophy wife. You're right. That's she a good is the memory. threatening trophy wife to yeah. Bette Midler. Yep. She good, is good the memory. girl that he left her for, I believe. I might be making that up, but I'm pretty sure. I mean, that's kind of like, uh... oh, yeah. In the first episode of Gilmore Girls, I, I rewatching Gilmore Girls, um, one of... Uh... Rory's best friend says, guys don't like girls who are funny. And you're like, oh my God, that's crazy. That's not true. And then you hear Crispy like, as soon as this same girl, same body, same face was in a show where she was in charge, people were like, she looks like a horse. That is so <laughs> fucking creepy. It's like I lunacy. It. I like yeah, hate knowing that. I hate it. And I hate that he had to witness that. But also I'm really glad that he um, shared that brought it up and shared it yeah I think it's uh, you guys don't have to yeah, share things horrifying. if you don't remember I was just thinking about that oh no Sky do you have one I I loved all of his details just about um, uh, the way that um, David Chase and, and um, The Sopranos world seemed to respect and kind of work cool. hand in hand with the sex in the city world. Like I thought that was mm-hmm. so cool that they shared it stages, like they shared office stuff. spaces. Yeah. They like, there was just like a camaraderie. It, it, these two hyper important shows had nice production camaraderie. I That's thought that was true. like great and charming and like a surprising little detail that I truly did not know about. That's a good point. Yeah. I, I, God, you don't have, have to, Jamie. It's memory. fine. I just loved all okay. of it. And I'm not saying that as no, a cop out. I it was really perfect. did love all of it. Oh, I have one more. And the fact that Steve was the nicest person on the set. Oh yeah. yeah that that was. was such a, that was just so nice to hear. Very oh, And Miranda and, and Cynthia Nixon. Mm-hmm. He like said she was the best. A consummate professional and brilliant. That she was every, yeah. When she, her scenes were his favorite. I thought that was really awesome. So anyway, guys. Chills. Okay. Back into yeah, season well, five. 
season Anyways, five. If you're listening to one. this episode, but not that one, check out that one. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, exactly. That was the episode right before this one in case anyone missed it and they want to listen to it. Chris Collins was our a dream. guest and he worked on Sex and the City and he was just, I mean, it was, it's a really fucking good episode. If you guys haven't heard it, it we rock, highly rock recommend hard. it. Yeah, it's there's a lot of like juice and more than I thought we were going to get the scenes shit. Yeah, he he did not hold back. That awesome. man delivered. Uh, yeah, he delivered. Um, okay, OK, so season five, episode one anchors away. Here Gross. we go. Thank you, Jamie. Um, so season five kicks off with Carrie back to being single, but she is not sulking. She's enjoying New York and hitting the Paris, which is a movie theater for a movie. It's sweet, but lunch the next day is not. Just think of this as a big purse. Oh, Miranda, your purse just spit up. Oh, you'd think after three weeks of no return calls, he'd get the message. Not okay to eat another woman's pussy. Samantha Brady. Well, I'm pissed off, Charlotte. What the hell am I supposed to say? Call it sushi. Another woman's sushi. Fine. Richard ate another woman's sushi. Fish and chips would have been such an unfortunate order right now. <laughs> What'd you do last night? Went to a movie. With who? Myself. On date night? Are we still gonna have to call it date night in our 50s? I would just think that all the people would be looking at me thinking that poor, pathetic girl. Kinda like the way I'm looking at you right now? Mm-hmm. What? You don't go out alone? On date night? You're never alone in New York. It's the perfect place to be single. The city is your date. You're dating the city? About 18 years. It's getting serious. I think I'm in love. Mm-hmm. Do not check your messages again. I'm not. I just wanted you to all hear his tone on my machine. If you keep participating in this, you might as well just call him. I'm not participating. This has got to stop. Yes, it's tragic that you were in love and it didn't work out, but you have got to emotionally cut him out of your life and move on. And the sooner the better. Everyone knows you only get two great loves in your life. Everyone who? Where'd you get that? I read it in a magazine. What magazine? Convenient theories for you monthly? <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> it means last year when you were married, you believed a woman only got one great love. Yeah, and that phrase, great love, what does that even mean? It means a love that changes you, that shakes you to your core, after which you're never the same. What are your thoughts on that conversation, little miss? Um, well, first of all, I would like to say that I strongly agree with Carrie's... Um, idea of like, you know, date night is not lonely in New York City because like you're you can basically date the city. I think that's really true. Um, maybe not the New York now that's like half shut down and socially distanced and all the things. But, but generally, I, I do think like there have been times that I was alone in New York and it, it never fully felt lonely to me. Um, not that I didn't have ups and downs and all the things that you have in any other city. I absolutely did. But I do think it's a very like it's a very distracted city. It's very lively. There's always like things to look at at the very least. Like even if you just go for a walk, you can like, I don't know, see things that you just, I don't, you can take in a lot of information to the point where it feels like you did something more than just take a walk. Yeah. I hear that. I agree with you. So yeah. And also just the culture of like going to a bodega and like, I don't know, the bodegas are so amazing there. They have like pretty much everything you could ever want crammed into like the tiniest store. And you're like, how do they do it? Um, so yeah, even that it's just like, I don't know. It's very like cute and romantic and yeah, just more, more exciting than it should be in certain ways. Um, whereas like if you took a walk in another city, I don't know that you would feel as like stimulated as you would there. So per Charlotte's point, do you think if you were 
you're married right now, but if you were single and you went to see a movie on a Friday or Saturday night and everybody was paired up, do you think you would feel calm about it and chill or not? I think I would feel fine about it. I definitely, I've gone to movies alone. I know I don't ever feel but on sad. date night. I know on date night. I'm like, what are we saying? I um, think I, don't, I would feel more awkward on a Friday and Saturday than I would a different day. Oh yeah. I think that's true. I think, yeah. Well, I guess I'll add to that, which is, I think that yes. Also, especially if it was right after a breakup, if you had, if it was like freshly, you used to be in a couple and like right now you're not. And that just, that transition just happened. I think for sure. And also for Carrie, I don't buy it. I don't buy that. She's dating the city. I just think she, I just don't see her as that independent. Yes, not yet. And I know sometimes past and, you know, this is the first episode of a new season. And so you can infer that like, she's done a lot of growth you yeah. know, when it was off the air mm-hmm. or whatever, but I kind of just didn't buy that from her. I, I would almost buy that more from like Samantha or something. Um, yeah. I mean, it was cute and it was romantic and it was like, I thought it was, I liked the idea of dating the city and I, I'm glad they wrote it in. And I think it's a really, from a writing standpoint, a really great way to kick off a season after she's like been through a breakup. Like I, I totally get the logic in writing that. Um, but I don't fully buy it for that character. I definitely like to do things alone. Like I, I don't like going out to eat dinner in a restaurant alone. No, Um, especially on a Friday, Saturday. No, I would never, never do that. I do like, you know, actually the things that I like doing alone are pretty much nature. Like I like taking walks Um, you know, whatever, but I do like doing things probably more with another person. I guess the things that I like doing alone would be like going to a coffee shop and reading a book or taking like a beautiful walk, but like basically everything else I want to do with someone else. But yeah. Um, what did you think about like Charlotte's, you get two great loves theory? Uh, I don't know really where she got that. Um, it doesn't not make sense. Why do you think it doesn't not make sense? Um, to me, it should have been like you get two great loves, give or take a little like because I think I think it makes sense. I mean, in terms of like the timeline of a human being. Um, and I think when she I like when she clarified what she meant by two great loves, because I don't think it's like you only fall in love twice. I don't think that she's saying necessarily epic, true. Huge. Yeah. Where it's like it really like pivots your worldview. I believe that. How many great loves have you had? Mm, two, I guess. Wow. So, so you've I'm had done. No, give or take a little. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's why I amend my no. But I mean, yeah, I I yeah. I, I yeah. I'm trying to think of like close friends like. No, no, they don't care. Their boyfriends, too. No, I mean, I'm just thinking of like if there's other if there are other people in my life to like prove the theory or disprove the theory. I don't think what there's do a think? number. I think. I just don't think you can quantify it. I just think people go through things and meet people at different times. And I just don't think there can be any rule about how many loves somebody gets. I just don't think there's any rule. I, I don't even. Oh, wait. No, I, I take my back. I met three already because I was really in love with my. No, I'm actually shit. Great love. I might even say. F- yeah, great loves. No, but I've definitely three. Great loves. Big life changing. Okay. Mm-hmm. But I think it's I mean, limitless. I think- honestly, I'm going to say three because my high school boyfriend, that was, that was a, yeah, we were very close. And that was like a very, like, that was kind of like my first long-term relationship. So that I would count as a great love. 
college boyfriend, definitely marriage. Yeah, I mean, probably I'm at three already. That's what I'm saying. I, I don't, I also don't totally understand. First of all, I think it's completely arbitrary. I think saying like, there's five great loves. It's just completely made up. Mm-hmm. But I also wonder like why she would say that because it's just a stressful thing to tell your friends who are all in different places. Like, yes. And it's a stressful thing to put that kind of pressure put on yourself is such a nightmare. Well, I think al- that she, oh yeah, go ahead, Sky. Oh, sorry. I was going to say, I, no, she also says that it really comes from, she like literally just read an article about it. So it's like one yeah, of those things that's, that's like, I agree that it's like kind of a hardcore sentiment to just toss out in conversation, but, right, but, it's but like I've a, also exactly yeah, like if it's top of mind from something study. you just like, yeah. yeah. Um, not that right. it, again, not that it isn't something that has a lot of weight to it, uh, but she wasn't thinking of it in that way. I don't think that's true. I just think personally, good point, good point. it's a life philosophy thing. I don't think you come into life with like a pie of opportunities. Like, I don't think you have like a pie of loves, a pie of friends, a pie of career things. I think it's endless and every day is a new day until you die. Like I think at yeah. any point, anything it's is on, a on the table. That's what I think. T- totally. And also I, I think it's a, it's an interesting thing for Charlotte though. It's like great character work because I think Charlotte always is trying to reverse fit her life into some kind oh my of God, that's so good. mold or structure because it just like calms down her brain. That's such a like, brilliant she just, thing needs to compartmentalize. And so when she reads something like that, she's like, okay, well, I had one and I have one more coming. Like, it's just like easy for her to make sense of her life when she has some kind of like structure. Yeah. Like paradigm to work with. Um, it, it speaks yeah, to her. It's as... almost like a horoscope or something. It's like, you need someone to like tell you what's going on with you. It speaks to her also as like an archetype of the romantic. Like yes. she's always going to track toward those particular structures and the other characters aren't going to track toward those particular structures. I just have to say, um, Jamie Lee has had some slam dunk kick ass bullseye <laughs> analyses oh on this pod, but that one was one of the best. That was in the top five. I, oh my God. That was just such a you. smart observation that like, I just think that was a really profound observation about the human, about how humans are. And it's like, People who are rigid and, um, you know, uh, I almost would say even conservative people that need to live within the lines. There's a lot of anxiety there. And it comes from a lot of fear of like, guess what? When you're not religious, when you don't have a structure, life is really overwhelming. You're goddamn leaf in the wind. And no one one can tell you what to do but yourself. And it's a lot of fucking pressure. And so people that can't handle that need to have to just yeah. have some lines to be inside of. And that's, I, I definitely have anxiety from the fact that like, I, yeah, I didn't grow up with religion. I didn't, I didn't really grow up with like rules. Yeah. I mean, I grew up with rules, but they were rules that I don't even necessarily agree with all of them. So like in a lot of ways, I, I do feel very like fair weather and kind of all over the place sometimes. And I crave what Charlotte sort of implements for herself. Yeah, because, I understand but that. But I, I call bullshit on things before I can even use them for my comfort. I understand that. I mean, I definitely, I, ever since I was a preteen, I have diary entries that are like, I wish I believed in God. I don't know what to do. I feel so overwhelmed. And in my 12-step program, I, um, 
have been developing a relationship with a higher power and praying and like giving it up yeah. and surrendering. And it's actually been wonderful. I mean, it's not like oh, life is sounds amazing. Yeah. It's kind of weird too. Cause I was like, you can't make yourself believe in stuff, but you kind of weirdly can, which is bizarre. Oh, I think you can. Yeah, I know. And I think also just do it. Like if it makes you feel good, you just have to do it. It's honestly the same idea as an affirmation. It's not like all of a sudden I believe in God in the sense that no. I think that there's I know what life. You mean. it's kind of just like, it's kind of just like when you talk to yourself or give yourself an affirmation, it's like, I believe in that. <laughs> like, yeah, it's almost like, and it almost comes back to like, well, it teaches you to believe in yourself. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. And it teaches you to like govern your life and not feel so overwhelmed and needing to like outsource your stability. To yeah. And like in 12 step, you often call it like a higher power. And it's just this yeah. idea of like, like, even if you don't believe in God, like, like nature existed before you, like no matter what we do, yeah. like nature happens, like nature's a miracle. There's like birds and thousands of species and, you know, mountains. And there's just things that are bigger than you. And that's kind of a relief that it's like, Oh, I, t- yes. there's things I that are bigger fully, than you. There fully, just are. I find that so comforting. Yeah. I love hearing that. Yeah. yeah. I have to say for a sex in the city podcast, this shit gets deep y'all. It does. I hope you brought your scuba suit. <laughs> Get ready. Take off your snorkel gear. Put on your oxygen tank because we're going down. Yeah. Okay. Um, Sue. Right. Okay. So uh, after lunch, the whole core four has a big sighting. Sailors. It is fleet week in New York and the hunky Navy guys have landed. As soon as Samantha spots them, she pitches everyone on diving into some seamen hangs. Get it? Carrie can't. She has to go downtown to shop, which everyone's into tagging along for. Everyone except Miranda. She forgot Brady's snugly and Samantha gets her a cab and sort of just sends her on her way. Bye-bye, Miranda. It's so crazy because, like, this is a comedy with extreme people in it, but it's, like, the way that they treat Miranda for having a kid is... No, she's, like, a leper. In real life, you'd have to have, like, a serious conversation about your friends not being massive cunts. Um, Yeah, you'd have to be like, guys, like, I don't... Yeah, Miranda should be like, guys, like, it's not cool. No, and also it's like at the... And also it's like when you love your friend, like, even if you're not a baby person you're kind of required to love the baby. Like, hate to tell you. Yeah. And she's not even being annoying. She's literally just like, she's like, oh, don't even pretend like the baby's not here. Like, you know, no, she she's so the cool carriage. She's it. like, it's a big purse. Yeah. Like 90% of moms would not be that chill. A hundred percent. Yeah. It's also the baby fully just got there. Like so far we've seen no, one other time out of Sam's no, been it around. just came out. No, it's like yeah. a zero yeah. percent. And she's a single mom. Yeah. It's like fucking rally for your friend yeah they're fucking wild so anyway when miranda makes it home she has a judgy run-in with magda magda doesn't love miranda setting brady down on the ground and she also doesn't love her and steve's parenting arrangement she even lets steve into the house unannounced steve asked magda about some nipple trouble miranda's been having it's annoying oversteps all around At her place, Charlotte gets called Mrs. McDougal yet again. Trey's name is still on her door, and it is time to end that. She pastes York right over it. And Samantha gets another message from Richard. He still wants to see her, and she still wants to, well, tell him to fuck off. She meets him for sushi, where she throws a martini in his face and leaves. 
I love it. I also love it sushi because that was like the oh yeah the callback. That's excellent. Yeah, meet some for some pussy. Um, yep. Go Charlotte. Later, Samantha and Carrie catch up on the phone. Sam's still pissed at Richard. She's shredding articles about him. She says she wants to hurt him. It is bad. She also goes after Miranda about Brady. The days of saying pussy and fuck at lunch are gone, and she is not happy about this change. Carrie heads to Miranda's to surprise her with a pan au chocolat, but Miranda is not hungry. The appetite she's really worried about is Brady's. The baby is proving to be tough. This is so frustrating. He'll eat eventually. No, not that. This. This is frustrating. I can't follow your thoughts. It's all about nursing and nipples. Well, sweetie, they're looking right at me. I am not going to become one of those mothers who cannot carry on an adult conversation. I am not. Three weeks ago, I would have been listening to you and saying funny things back, and now I'm going, what? What? I didn't even get the anorexic joke. How easy was that? Miranda, I'm just talking, it's blah, blah, it's just words. No, they're not just words, they're your words. And it's not just now. What about Samantha? Could she have gotten me into that cab any faster? Carrie, my friendships are important to me. Hey, we're not going anywhere. I mean, maybe things will have to change a little. Fuck, I know. But you're still one of us. Only now, you're the one with the biggest boobs. Can you believe the size of my nipples? Please, I was not at all prepared. I'm going to have to go find some sort of trauma counseling. Ah, there. We have contact. Okay. Okay, I'm going to go. I'll let you concentrate on Mr. Hobbs there. You don't have to go. I can listen now. I can do it. Miranda, you're a mother. But it's okay. I won't tell anyone. Don't. I actually kind of don't understand why she left. It's like she could finally concentrate. Yeah, I don't get it at all. And I also, I hated how she responded to her boobs being out. I thought that was so fucking lame. Yeah. Like, she'd be like, you're, you're, they're staring right at me. Like, not a mom. Give her a fucking break. Funny way. It wasn't funny. It was like, no, like, put your tits away. Like, it really felt that way. She was like, I, I need trauma counseling after that. It's like, fuck you. Yeah, you're absolutely right. That was a really weird conversation. And the fact is, you know, one of the most important people in my life has a two-year-old. One of the most important people in your life just had a baby. Like, you have to adjust when your close friends have a kid. And, you know, you do get less focus time. It's Your friendship is not as important, but it doesn't matter. You have to work with what you got. And, like... The fact is, you know, Miranda was scatterbrained, but finally Brady started, you know, um, feeding and then she could focus. And the fact that Carrie left it almost seemed passive aggressive. Like, fine, you can't listen to me. I'm out of here. It was it kind of rubbed me in a weird way. Also, I was so irritated with Carrie. Like, read the fucking room. Be like, instead of being like, and then this is how I feel about boys. And this is da, 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 da. It's like, someone else. why don't you just say like, how are you doing? You're like, so what's right. it like breastfeeding? What is that like for you? Are you is okay? It, how can it I help? It seems really frustrating when like the baby doesn't latch. Like, obviously I can't relate to that, but like, what does that feel like? Like, how has it been otherwise? Are you sleeping? Like, can I, can I get you something? Like, what the fuck? I was so irritated. This whole scene just pissed me off. Actually, it's a really good point. <sighs> and you know what? There's some very high up people that wrote on the show because I know I know of them who don't have children to this day. And I think that there is such an anti-mother vibe 
from literally the writer's room. I think there's, you know, one of the cre the creators is a gay man without kids. One of the biggest second in commands doesn't have kids. And I think it's like this kind of bitchy attitude that like mothers are fucking lame and that like that you know just drinking and shopping and partying is much more important and cool which is like kind of weirdly embarrassing and it's just I think the POV of the writer's room is very clear in the way they treat Miranda because there's no sympathy no respect and no warmth about anything related to her baby well, and also the boob thing could have played for comedy. I think that it was the the take that they chose, maybe. Like, it was just really judgmental. It could have been funny if also, I mean, it, it, yeah, it also needed to be written different. It should, I mean, whatever, I'll criticize it. Like, how when she makes the comment of, like, your boobs are out, like, like Miranda could have said something funny about that. Like, yeah, no, like my, you know, this is just how I have conversations with, like, both of my tits out and then. Carrie being her best friend could have like made a joke about it. Like I just, if I, if I'm in that situation, I cannot imagine being like, God, like your nipples are staring at me. Like, fuck you. No, it's hundred percent right. It was just strange. It could have been so funny because we've been in those situations where someone's breastfeeding and you're like, Oh, that's my friend's tits. Okay. Well, that's the first time I've seen them. And yes, they are like fucking engorged. But also like, like I've seen my friends, some of my friend's tits anyway. So it's not a big deal. Yes, of course. But even so that thing of like, Oh, it's your, like your, your, your friend's boobs are just you're out. shaming her kind of. Why would you shame that? Like, if anything, well, it's all you, because of motherhood. I just they I thought it was so strange. They're acting like so Miranda's like disabled or something. Yeah, and I didn't like the line where she's like, you know, some things have to change, but it won't be that bad. It's just like, like, uh, yeah, okay. Like, we can infer that things are going to change because she's a mom now. Like, you don't have to say to your friend, yeah, things are going to change around here, but it's okay. Like, it won't be that drastic. It's like. That's not comforting. You should just be like, dude, you had a baby. You're killing it. Like you're fucking killing it. You're keeping a baby alive. You made a human with your body like and, and scoob Steve sperm like you're fucking killing it. I also think that like regardless of if you and your close friends and family and the people in your life that you love, regardless of if you're both interested in the same thing, if something major, major life changing is happening to someone that you care about. Even if you're actually not interested in it, you pretend to be because you give a shit. Like of when Molly first had the baby, it was all she could talk about. It was, and it was a little hard for me, honestly. Wedding stuff too. It's just, I was a little bit more of a carry where I just wasn't naturally interested, but I got interested because it's one of the big loves of my life is my sister. And if it's, if it's her world, I'm going to get interested. And so I also think there's just a little bit of selflessness or just not being so self-centered. It's like, even if you don't find it fascinating, be a nice person and just fake it. Yeah. And be excited that your friend's excited. Exactly. I, I also, or be stressed because your friend's stressed. Right. Exactly. I also wanted to just say to the earlier point about uh, the writer's not having kids themselves and that sort of seeping into this dynamic. It's also really apparent in the treatment of Miranda now because she's she's outsourced sort of everything. Like they're trying to make it work so that she can still be a core four member when she's also now a mother and they just don't really want to give much screen time or play to that. And it's a really strange sort of approach to her and sort of a contemptuous approach of motherhood. A hundred percent. 
Yeah. And and it's it's like instead of the core force stepping up to be there more for her, they're almost saying like, it's like instead of adjusting the group to fit her, they're just being like, well, get looks like you're just not going to be able to be around us as much. It's like. How about have brunch at Miranda's? Yeah, just Come, be flexible with Why don't you all go to friends? Miranda's and bring her some food? Yeah, and it's like, like if you can't what say. What are you doing? Yeah, and it's like, I understand. Maybe it's annoying not to say fuck her pussy, but it's not like huge. It's not a big deal. Well, and I will say that one testament to the writing is that it's nice. It's nice the writing is cynical for you because then it gives you something to be like, hey, that's a little, Rough. that's not nice. Yeah. But I do appreciate that they went there because it would be, I do find it less interesting and entertaining to have people be like, Miranda, you're a mother. No, Motherhood's totally. amazing. You'd be like, fuck you're this right. show. It's so up its own ass. Yeah, yeah. Like, shut up. No, you're right. And it's, you're right. We're talking about it, but we also love it because it's why the show is different than other shows. It's career women who don't really give a fuck about the traditional things. Yes. Women have been told for the dawn of time that their identities are being wives and mothers. And this show is saying it's actually not my identity, which is cool. But just as we actually find it annoying. Right. Which it's just as, obviously that's not cool. Yes. But that perspective is refreshing because that is not that was not on TV before. It's the one ever. exception to everything ever. we've been told. Forever. Absolutely. It's just absolutely. we're breaking it's it down. It's a game changer to have that. Yes, you're absolutely right. It's just we're, we're only bristling because besides the macro looking at it from space philosophy of it, the reality of when a friend is going through something, you know, that's why we're bristling. Right, right. Yeah, there's like a discrepancy between like how it's written and if these people were real, how selfish they're being. Well, you know, it was like, I remember, it's just interesting because I feel like I've been on both sides of it, not having a baby, but like, I'm arguing now that the girls are not being very sensitive, but I remember how it was when Molly first had Cy and I was just like, oh my God, she doesn't want to talk about anything else but like spitting up and shoes and sleeping. And I, you know, as a selfish single woman just living my life, I'm like, wasn't in that space where I thought that was interesting. So I understand how it feels. But then when you mature and just over time, just caring about Molly just made it more interesting to me. Yes. Yeah. Okay, so getting back into it. Oh, Rose, take us take us into it. Here I go. Charlotte catches up goes. with Anthony for a movie. Obviously, put Anthony in every scene, please and thank you. We are obsessed with him. The best actor on the show. Uh, maybe not true, but incredible. Um, as they walk, they spot another sailor who checks Charlotte out hard. Anthony tells her to talk to him, but she won't. She is not looking for sex. She's looking for a new great love. Anthony just wants her to have sex. And Samantha keeps up her Richard crusade. She made some flyers with his face surrounded by the words cheater and liar, which she passes out in his neighborhood. Carrie, meanwhile, is still dating New York City. She heads to the Guggenheim, where the wind blows her skirt up and she gets caught in the rain. When Carrie gets into the museum, she hides out with a handsome stranger under an awning. She... (laughs) Oh, I love this scene so much. Ooh, an awning. I love this scene so much. Yeah. So basically, she talks his ear off about movies and marriage, and he gets so freaked out that he literally would rather walk into the rain and he leaves her, which I just thought was really funny because at first you're like, oh, my God, is this going to be a romantic love connection? And it's absolutely not. And then she ends up sitting next to an old woman who is everything that she's worried about becoming. She's sitting in a lunch corner and she sees a single old woman alone sprinkling crushed lithium over ice cream, which is like honestly so fucking funny. <sighs> so fucking so funny. funny. They, someone on the staff definitely saw that. I mean, that. it's hysterical and perfect. It's amazing. It's, it's one of those like talk of the town pieces, like 110%. I agree. 
After lunch, Carrie hunts down a cab, which she ends up getting with help from more hunky sailors. The guys don't want her to get away, and they invite her to a Navy party that night. Carrie gets Samantha and Charlotte to come along. Charlotte's ready to take Anthony's advice and have sex with a random Fleet Week guy. Samantha's ready to get past Richard, and Carrie is ready to find the guys who helped her with the cab. Back at Miranda's, she's changing Brady when she spots something strange. The last bit of his umbilical cord fell off and her cat loves it. That was so disgusting. (laughs) He picks it up with his mouth and takes off and Miranda's freaked out. Her nanny won't even help get it back. So she calls in Steve. Back at the Fleet Week bash, Charlotte quickly falls in with a horny sailor who asks to see her tits. She is not up for all of that. So she flashes him just once. <laughs> That's so weird. Carrie passes up on a different sailor who says he reminds her of his mother. And Samantha proudly flashes the whole crowd. Carrie has enough and tries to leave only to run into Lewis, the guy who invited her out. They dance. And after Samantha listens to yet another apology voicemail from Richard, Carrie and Lewis talk outside. Say Lewis from Louisiana. How many great loves do you think you get in a lifetime? Great loves. That is the question on deck. (laughs) Maybe one, if you're lucky. Well, I'm glad I stayed. After the way this city kicked my ass today, I needed that dance. I have to say, this is my first trip to New York. Not for me. I mean, the garbage, the noise, I don't know how you put up with it. was right and you only get one great love New York may just be mine and I can't have nobody talking shit about my boyfriend a short while later I had a thought maybe the past is like an anchor holding us back maybe you have to let go of who you were to become who you will be Jamie looks like she's going to cry. You are really moved. I really, I I was sarcastically nodding a little bit. Oh, I thought Um, that was real. No, I wait. So first of all, I think it's funny that this guy is supposed to be from Louisiana. I don't know if it's just me. I think he couldn't sound more New York. He's like, I, I hate New York. (laughs) I hate this city with the garbage, (laughs) with the garbage and the smells and the noises. (laughs) I'm like, Dude, the you're unions. from New York. There's Union so many bridges. Square, so loud. So many birds. He was so hot. I mean, I like he was the, he was There's, so fucking she's hot. Never with a hot guy. I don't think big or uh, Aiden are hot. This guy blows no. them both out of the water. He's no, sexy. this guy was legitimately so hot. Oh my god. I was like, 
Why did they put him in for two seconds? I want her to have an affair with him. I'm like, this show is so stupid. Stop putting the people in color in for one and a half minutes. I know. This guy should, I mean, and also his attitude was sexy. Uh, this he was actor heaven. was great. I was like, no, he's so hot. You are Skylar, can we out. look him up? Yeah, Lewis. Yeah, what else is even, he been Yeah, doing? can you look up Lewis? Also, when she says Lewis from Louisiana, that is something that they repeated in the Sex and the City movie with Jennifer Hudson's oh, character. She always was like, Louise from St. Louis. Mm. Like, that's the they thing that they said before. They love, yeah, yeah, yeah. What did you think about that scene? Um, I, I do understand that. Like, I don't love when people can't handle New York. Um, I understand all the reasons why people don't like New York. I totally get it. And they're all super, super valid. It's just that thing of like, I don't know. There's something about like, um, and this is not just me defending it. It's almost like, yeah, we know. Like, we know it's loud. We know it's we know it's inconvenient. We know it stinks. We know there are rats everywhere. Like, I just, I know, like, I always find it a little obnoxious. So I get there is something funny about um, Carrie just being such a New Yorker that it's like, yeah, okay. Like, I, I, I don't, I would never not hook up with someone because they insulted New York City. That's fucking psychotic. But I do think it's a really great way to showcase how much of a New Yorker Carrie is and for someone to reduce it to like, it's loud. She, she, I, I get being like, no, nah, that's annoying. That's like, that's like amateur. Yeah. Well, Lewis is played. Oh, go ahead, Sky. Oh, sorry. I was just going to say Lewis is played by Daniel Sunjata. Does he have okay. a big career? Has, he's in, he works pretty regularly. He's in Great. The Devil Wears Prada. He's so in Dark Knight <gasps> Rises. He's in okay. the upcoming. He's probably uh, been in those kinds of, I hope he's had big juicy roles. He's in what? Just, the stand? The, yeah, the new adaptation of the Stephen King Hell uh, yeah. pandemic. Heather Graham's in that. He's hot. Oh, exciting. Yeah, he's oh, he's, he's gorgeous. So we'll be seeing Mr. Sinjata again soon. Good. Love well, him. per um, Jamie's point, I also think that it was a really cool, smart thing. I mean, there's five main characters in this show. It's the four girls and New York. And the title is... New York is in the title, Sex in the City. This show is about New York. This show is a love letter to two things, friendship and New York. Yep. And it's very, it's much more of a poetic episode where she's like, I'm dating the city. I go to places by myself. She's just, you know, she's in a phase right now where she's just, in some ways, she's saying the city, but I think it's like a euphemism for herself because Carrie yes. is New York. She's like, right now, I'm by myself. This totally yeah. cute guy's, here, I could have a really fun time. And Carrie's that kind of girl. She has, she takes guys on spins. It's just, she's in a, Carrie's recuperating right now. Yeah, she is. Yeah, she's bouncing back. Yeah. This episode and the season four finale are such like a little, a, a particular pair of episodes that are so like wistful and nostalgic for New York um, in exactly the way that you're talking about. Also, Largely, again, I know we brought it up a bunch lately, but because of the whole 9-11 of it all, because this is the first one that was shot afterward and all of that, right. too. So it's very, yeah, that's very... Yeah, that's a good point to bring up. Like, particularly oh, sorry, wistful for it. That's a good point. Yeah, yeah, very the w- wistful is true. Yeah, yeah, I think that is true. Awesome. Yeah, I think people... Yeah, that's, a, that's really astute because it's like, yeah... Like everyone's particularly sensitive about like, do not shit on New York. Like New exactly. York's fucking amazing. New Yorkers are fucking amazing. We've been through a lot. Like, leave us alone. I will call you yeah. and Skylar a studi cuties. Oh, yeah. they, I appreciate that. Yeah, a studi cuties. You guys are a studi and cutie. That and feels like cutie. um, 
our next sweatshirt. Mm. Oh, and I a like studi- that a lot. A studi- a studi- cutie. cutie. A studi- cutie. Right across the chest. I mean. Okay, so this brings us to the question of the episode, which I'm curious to hear what it Me is. Too. Later that night, I got to thinking about days gone by, that carefree time when our schedules were as wide open as our hearts, the time before the baggage and breakups and babies began to weigh us all down. I couldn't help but wonder, does that sense of adventure still flicker inside of us? Or when it comes to being carefree single girls, have we missed the boat? It's interesting. I mean, it's kind of like when your first good friend gets married or when your first good friend has a baby. And, you know, it's like this is a very late 30s conversation where it goes from your friends are always available and you're hanging out every weekend to people being less available. It's like kind of growing up type of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, How did you interpret this? Um, depressing, first <laughs> and foremost. Um, but also, uh, yeah. I mean, I don't. I don't think you missed the boat, but I. I think that if you were to just sort of live in like Charlotte's logic, you could definitely convince yourself that that's true. So I feel like that's a slippery slope. And I think what you were saying earlier is pretty on the money. I think that like life really is a continuum, and the more that we can sort of dispel some of these like essential like coulda woulda shouldas I think like the happier our lives would be I think we put so much pressure on ourselves especially as women of being hitting like, these marks this milestone has to happen by this time and this baby has to happen by this time it's like if you kind of just like free yourself up a little bit um we'd all probably be a lot happier um especially because like as you get older you get so much like wiser and more like comfortable in your own skin so I would hope that with age comes like really like great gifts as well. Um, sounded like I said gifts, like the memes um, that move, but no gifts with the T. I think that's a cool interpretation. I think Miranda is Carrie's best friend and Miranda is the first person in the group to not be as available. When you have a really close friend who just had a baby that person has a much smaller bandwidth for you. You are no longer, something else is a huge priority. I mean, it can feel like you lose someone when they get married and it can feel like you lose someone when they have a baby. You don't lose them, it just changes. And after a while, things get calmed down a little. But that time is really different. Um, And I think that it's totally normal and natural to have a little bit of sadness when like a best friend has a baby and they're like, not coming out as much or they're talking about the baby all the time or they're not really listening to you. There's a sadness there and you can feel left behind. I'm like not trying to project all this stuff, but I think that Carrie, the group is changing and eventually in a year, in a few months, like it won't always feel this way. But I think she's mourning this sense of like the group is changing. I don't like that. I don't like change. I mean, nobody likes change. No. Yeah. And I don't think it's so much about, I don't see the question as like, uh-oh, these girls in their, are in their late 30s and they're single. Call the police. They're getting old. I think it's more just like, you know, I think she's just, you can go through waves when your close friends are in a different place than you are, especially mm-hmm. if they're more family in the family zone. I think it's totally natural to have a moment of like, oh my God, am I like a weird woman that's just like still yeah. going out? So I think Carrie's just wrestling with all that, but I just don't think any of it's wrong. I think there's a natural period of sadness when like someone really close takes another life step. 
Yeah, I think especially like the way Carrie is, I, you know, even this whole thing is just like sort of an homage to like New York and how like free you are to like dash off to the movies on a whim. Like her, she values spontaneity so highly, I think. And I think part of that is like an unrest within herself, um, sort of like, and I, I relate to this, like needing to feel distracted. Um, and I think part of that is just who she is. I think she just likes things to kind of be easy and like, oh, let's call each other on three way. And then we'll all, or like, yeah, on three way. And then we'll all like dash off to a club. Like she likes the lack of planning in her life. And now I think the main change is that like planning is kind of going to become more essential. I mean, like, especially with Miranda, like it, her time is just not as flexible as it used to be. Um, so yeah, it's like a reallocation. It's not a, you're losing someone as much as it's like, you're, you do have to kind of open yourself up to like working with someone and the two of you like co-creating your friendship beyond this like baby milestone. I agree with all of that. And I'm definitely not trying to say that if you don't have kids, you're not mature. And if you do, but I do think that the idea of calling your best friend at every hour to hang out and do girl time and have that no longer be available because someone has a kid is a little bit this dichotomy of like living young and living a little dip, like living a little older. And I don't yeah, think Carrie yeah. wants to grow up in a lot of ways. Yeah. And I don't mean to say that not having a kid means you're not a grown up, but I think the dynamic of having a codependent best friend that you do everything with, like Abby and Alana, that's a young thing. I mean, mm. people aren't that av- as available as they get older. Like, yeah, no, I think that's true. You know, there's a golden I think girls that's a good thing. Point. And then sometimes it is golden girls. Oh my God. I love Well, them. it's like me and my sister are still like fucking close as hell. But like, as far as FaceTime and talking on the phone, it's definitely gone way down since she got married yeah. and then way down since she had a kid. The love is yeah. there and all that. And I have plenty of really amazingly close friends, but it's definitely less time. I mean, that's a no brainer. So it's, yeah, it's not only that you have to learn how to co-create that person is less available. Yeah. That's what, that's what I'm saying. It's like there, there is a, you have to, you're going to have to like bend and mold a little bit, but it's like, that's my best friend. I just wanted to, I just want the, yeah, something is moving on. Something is changing. It's like, this used to be my playground type of shit. And right. You know, right. And, and that the thing is, it doesn't make Miranda or Carrie more legit. Miranda's life is not more valid than Carrie's because she has a baby. Carrie's not, you know, less of a adult because she doesn't have a kid. It's just exactly. the dynamic has shifted. And so there's just always a sadness in like a really close, close, crazy, close relationship where somebody's sort of moving in a different direction. This is just hard. Yeah. True dat. Okay. can't believe I just said that. <laughs> True dat. <laughs> okay, guys, final segment of our pod I'm horny for sex and the city is obviously a very horny show. So we end each episode by sharing what we're currently horny for. Rose, what are you horny for right now? I am horny for Jamie and Skylar and I'm going to give them each a little thing. Uh, Listeners may not be aware of this, but when we recap the episodes, Skylar's the one who writes all of that every single week for us. He pulls clips. He listens to the episodes. He does a ton of work and this podcast literally would not happen without him and he schedules things he helps us with everything like manages the instagram keeps us on time so thank you i really appreciate that and i like doing (laughs) if you like the podcast then you you know it's not just jamie and i it's jamie and skylar and i so 
I just feel very grateful for, for Skylar for doing all the hidden work behind the scenes. I'm very grateful for Jamie. First of all, uh, Jamie, I, I, I believe that Skylar, does, does Skylar still work for you, Jamie? Yes. So Skylar works well, for Jamie. Yes. So I quarantine confuses. Well, things, I also yes. benefit from Skylar because he's an employee of Jamie. So I'm very thankful for Jamie to bringing him on to this podcast. And I'm very thankful to Jamie for creating this podcast. This wouldn't exist without her amazing brain. And there's so many reasons I respect and admire you. You're, you know, something that I love about you is you have an idea and you fucking do it. You deliver. If Jamie wants to write a book, she's going to write a book. If Jamie wants to write a show, mm -hmm. she writes a show. If Jamie wants to start a podcast, she starts a podcast. And like that energy of like, I'm, I put my money where my mouth is and I I fulfill my obligations and I do the things I say I'm going to do is something I absolutely admire so much about you. Oh, that's so nice. Yeah, and it's so funny. I don't see myself like that well, at all. So it's like really you. weird having it reflected back at you, but also like really, really sweet. And yes, well, Skylar is. Um, I'm not done like, with you, Jamie. Literally makes. Oh, okay. Well, okay. you can jump on see, Skylar. I to deflect. Okay, I want to jump on Skylar. Okay, well, go, I just also want to say that, like, you know, um, right now I'm not working, and my days are really weird. And like this podcast, I, we hear so many nice things from the listeners that this podcast is something they listen, they look forward to every week. It actually is something I also look forward to doing. Like my days are very weird right now. And I'm sort of a slug, like a weird existential slug. And so like even just seeing this, I'm like going to cry. I'm so PMS right now. But just let, let it out. Even let having it this out. on the schedule is like very nice for me. So Oh, that's my 100%. horny for, and Absolutely. I'm horny for you. And guys. that's so I am, yeah, mutual Ugh. horniness Thank all you. around. Yeah. Hornies everywhere. <laughs> Hornies everywhere, and also that was first of all so uh, just like yeah, um, that's really um, kind of you, and also. I hope it's known that I don't feel like I could ever do this show without either of you. I truly like when you agreed. I've said this before on the podcast, but for anyone who hasn't heard, like when. Rose said she would do this show with me. I was like, oh, like it's fucking on. I was like, this is my person that I want to do this with. And Skylar has we how long have we worked together now, Skylar? Three, uh, just over two years, two uh, years, like two and a half years, because we started working together in February of 2018, 2018. Yes. Yeah. I mean, like Skylar has truly just like made my life run smoother in every way. And like he does so much. Um, he has such patience with me. And like also he's so good at admin. And usually people who are good at admin are not also so like creative and smart and thoughtful. And like Skylar, you really you, you're like it's inspiring because I really feel like I have no ability to just like take care of shit. I'm like, I just want to like be whimsical and think of things and have ideas. And like Skylar's actually able to do both. He has like genius ideas. And like, he literally makes me have epiphanies all the time with writing and comedy and stuff. And then it's like, Oh, and you also like keep us the fuck on task. And like, you're really good at it. And that is why you're going to be like majorly successful. Cause I do think that that makes you just like, you are meant to be like an executive, like a very, well, you can be whatever you want, but you would be like an amazing, just like fucking creative exec. Like you have that ability. Oh, thank you. I, again, I appreciate getting to work with you all tremendously and I admire the hell out of you all. And you all are so funny and wonderful. And, um, 
the show rules and I am I I I didn't even expect when we started doing it that I would like get to talk on it and I I like really appreciate like getting and pulled in, in that you're way. literally like the it's most great. popular one out of all three we of us. love you yeah they they everyone loves you and um what a love parade this is yeah just a love so parade oh my, can i a still do a horny for because oh. it's so fucking stupid oh, no, but i really wanted to tell for. you guys about yes. it okay but i do feel like and it's so interesting because i had the inclination to do my have you guys be my, i'm not just saying this i had the inclination to have you guys be my horny for so many times and then i was like no like i just in my like st- like goofy head i was like no it has to be things like <laughs> like Girl, i was like jamie stick have- to the segment that you made up <laughs> no it's fine I know. I'm like, that is so me just to be like, no, that's not the rule. I thought of it because I was like, oh my oh, God. I'm so happy you did because I literally have been wanting to say it for a while. Also, Anna is also on this Zoom. Take it away, Jamie. She's a fucking star. Oh, I mean, queen. our team. Yeah. I mean, Anna, it's just, she, she edits. She again, like keeps us on track. She plays our clips. Like all of the work that goes into this podcast it, it, there's so much that happens um, not on mic, and I just feel really grateful to have um, such like cool, smart people working on this show, and it really means a lot to me. And I really never take it for granted. I really, genuinely, there are so many shitty jobs that we all take at different points in our lives, and this is just not. This is far from one of them, and that's like such a blessing. <laughs> like just to enjoy your work is like a dream. Yes. It's kind of all you can hope for, like in terms of careers. Like, do you like your job? Okay. Well, if it goes in the like pile, like you nailed it. So that's, that's how I feel. right. Jamie, tell us now, what you're horny for, please. Okay. So glad you asked. Um, I have been, okay. So there is this ice cream. Ooh, get yes, ready. I'm into okay. this. I, okay, hold on. I Googled it just to get the right name. Okay. So as I mentioned earlier, not a big chocolate lover, although Actually, I'm going to shout out two ice creams because I have one for chocolate lovers as well. And I don't know why I'm being so like binary with you either have to be chocolate or vanilla when there are literally so many flavors. Um, yeah, but I'm I'm kicking it old school. Remember when there were only like four? It was like pistachio, like best. strawberry, chocolate mm, and vanilla delicious. like back in the old, old days. OK, so I'm kicking it back um, to when there were less options. Um, OK, so my number one vanilla flavor out there is called white chocolate vanilla. Hear me out. It is by Magnum, which is a brand that you don't see often in the United States. It's definitely hugely popular in Europe. Like I always see. Well, I did not. I have not seen it in Los Angeles, but in New York, they have it at bodegas. Mm. So clearly it's like sweeping the East Coast nation, Mm. just not us Mm -hmm. here. Um, But what's fascinating about this is the white chocolate is actually a shell on top of the ice cream and around the edges of the like the whole perimeter is encased in white chocolate. And it actually the the shape of the container has little indentations and it says squeeze it and you squeeze it and you break up the chocolate into little shards and then it's throughout your ice cream. And it is so delicious. It's super rich. I'm a huge fan of white chocolate. I, I, I just love it. It's just like buttery and great. What were you going to say, Sky? I also love a food that transforms for you. That there are steps. Thank you. Well, they, I'm saying (laughs) they made ice cream fun. They made ice cream fun. And to be honest, ice cream cream, is goddamn fun as it is. Ice cream is goddamn fun, true. But ice cream can also be stressful. And I want to talk about that, which is. Take alert. 
ice cream can be stressful because why. oftentimes the lid or the package boasts, you know, bursting with cookie dough, bursting Wait, with brownie, so bursting with hilarious. chunks of da da da. Usually bursting in the ice cream world means you get like two chunks. Wait, okay. Not enough chunks. Hashtag not enough chunks. This is your like I, Andy Rooney. Like I am sorry. I ha- I told you I was going old school. No, it's great. I'm I fucking love it. on my This is your I, I don't think so, honey. Sick of this shit. I this it totally is. I am so sick of this shit. I hate when it's like, okay, you are like ice cream. You fucking lied to me. You are vanilla with like a few pieces of fun texture at best. Oh my God. And you know it. And the fact that you call yourself like cookie dough, like fuck off. It's not true. She does bring up a good point. I think bursting is a gross exaggeration. And it's just, it's actually a never bursting. Yeah, you actually like it's like libel. Yeah, I mean, you like, can do a libel it's, suit. It's restricted. Like uh, it's scarcity. I I like abundance. It's fucking scarcity in the ice cream world. Bursting ice creams are an insult to the word bursting. Mm. They're lies. It is. Oh, it lies. It's a hundred percent. It's so manipulative. So on that note, wait, Jamie, I have to say one thing about bursting though. Oh no! Please get into what it. What you're complaining about, I must say, now that you brought it up, also applies to any cereal with raisins in it there's always like one and a half raisins that you have to like dig through the flakes for oh right or they like lord it over you they're like we put two scoops in it's like don't act like that's a prize (laughs) that's not enough actually i have to be honest if we're talking raisin brand i really don't like raisins i mostly just like the brand with a little bit of sugar residue from the raisins. No wonder we're such a good team. I'm not a raisin person. Okay, tell me your second ice cream. No, they're so gross. Um, okay, my second ice cream is for all the chocolate lovers out there. Now, it is... <laughs> I promise this is not a separate podcast. Okay, it'll be quick. <laughs> okay. It is salt and straw, Love which I believe is making its way to all the other cities. I think it was so pretty good. coastal, but it's making its way. Um, okay, so salt and straw is the brand, and it is their chocolate brownie. Hold on, I'm looking it up for the exact. Damn, that sounds good. I do not love chocolate ice cream by any means. I never order it, but I'm obsessed with this um, chocolate gooey brownie. Mm, I mean, yum. it. granted, it could stand to have more brownies. No question. I mean, I basically just want brownies with like a tablespoon of ice cream. That's kind of where I'm at. But it is it is a pretty good ratio of ice cream to brownie. Um, and they mix a uh, marshmallow fluff in with the ice cream seamlessly. Like you don't have chunks Say of what? it. You won't see marshmallow. Say excuse me. Yeah. Mom? And it makes it really like fluffy and like it, it's just like, I don't know. It's not, um, it's just like a, it's like a little more light. It's not like a rich chocolate. It's kind of like a, actually like more of a vanilla chocolate. So anyways, those are my two flavors that I highly recommend. And if you can find Magnum ice cream in your local store, do it up with that white chocolate vanilla. I'm telling you, it'll truly change your life. And if you have kids, it's fun because they can squeeze it and then you can eat it. This was oh, a yeah. real delicious they squeeze ride, and leave Jamie. and then you enjoy. Yeah, exactly. Um, what were you saying? Girl, Rose? I loved your now. I'm sw- you're like a commercial. Like after that, I literally want to go get ice cream. Oh, my God. I mean. I, yeah, I love it. And I love ice cream on like pound cake, like shit pound cake from like Ralph's. I mean, ice cream like cake loaf, was my favorite. Like a pre-cut loaf. Oh, yeah. That same. I think that's why I do that because I'm like, oh, I'm just making ice cream cake without buying an ice cream cake. I put ice cream on a Did cake. Did you have them growing that's up from Baskin Robbins? Yes. Oh, mint chocolate chip grasshopper Incredible. pie, bitch. 
Oh, uh, yeah. Oreo crust. Delish. Okay, Jamie. Absolutely. Okay, guys, this was a great episode. Um, Thanks for cheering me up, you guys. This was just wonderful. Yeah. Thank you. I, I love you guys. Love you guys. And uh, until next time. Bye-bye. Toodle-loos. Toodle-loos all around. Bye. Thanks for listening to Couldn't Help a Wonder. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at chbwpod. And follow my co-host, Rose Cerno, on Insta and Twitter at Rose Cerno. And please follow my co-host, Jamie, at reallyjamielee on Instagram and at the Jamie Lee on Twitter. And please rate, review, subscribe to our show on iTunes, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast app. If you're nasty, it helps us. It helps you. It helps everyone. You nasty. Bye. Bye. Forever. Dog. This has been a Forever Dog production. Executive produced by Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey. For more original podcasts, please visit foreverdogpodcast.com and subscribe to our shows on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Keep up with the latest Forever Dog news by following us on Twitter and Instagram at Forever Dog Team and liking our page on Facebook.